Uh, we're going to get started tonight. I want to share with, you, with y'all something real quick, and then we'll pray, and we'll get into, um, into the lesson, what I believe God has for us tonight. Um, I want to talk to y'all uh, just real quick about um, what we do in here. I want to talk to y'all about what we do here. So if I could have like all eyes up here, that'd be awesome. Um, now, middle school. What I love about this, about sending high school away, is that we can just be together, all right? We can just be together. Just middle school. I know. Um, it's good a lot of times. And middle school, I want you to know something. Um, I'm so incredibly glad y'all are here. I think a lot of times when there's middle school, high school together, I will just be honest with you about my tendency. My tendency is to teach towards high school, um, which may make it a little difficult for middle school because you have to kind of reach to grasp some of the things that we are talking about. I think that is good though. You know why? Because I believe you are capable of doing that, okay? I don't want to teach like down here, like, um, hey, choose your friends wisely. No, I don't, listen, I don't think that's the answer. And so I want to, just to let you know, uh, as you move through middle school, is if we have middle school and high school together, I am teaching up a little bit. And your small group leaders, hopefully you understand, are there so that you can go, what in the world was Troy talking about? Like, I didn't get any of that, okay? So you have small group leaders for that, but I also want you to know that's where we're headed. Because I believe, and I want you to hear this, I believe that what we talk about in here is the most important thing that you will receive. I believe that what we talk about when we open up the Word of God is the most important thing that you will receive. And so middle school, listen, I, uh, I, was, a middle school, I was a middle school boy at one point. I know y'all can't believe that, but I was a middle school boy. I know, it's crazy. Uh, I'm grown, sort of. Um, and so I was, I was in middle school at one point, and so I know how difficult it is. Like when you get in here, like, and listen, you've just gotten out of school. You've just sat through a lot of school where you probably paid attention. And to pay attention even more is probably very difficult. I understand that. But I want, I want, you, to just, I want you to just commit to something real quick, okay? All eyes up here, right here. If y'all would, just, just commit to something for me real quick. Again, I am incredibly grateful that y'all are here, but I want, I want when we open up the word of God, I want it to sink in more than anything else. Like I want it to sink in. I want you to get this. I want you to, when you leave, like after eight weeks, I want you to go, I know who God is because Jesus said, I am this. And I want you to get that and understand that and apply that. And I know, again, I was in middle school. That's hard to ask a middle school student to do, but I so badly want that, and that is what I'm praying for you guys about. So when you, when you come in here, when you come in here, listen, this is 90 minutes of your week, okay? I know you got a lot of school, but this is 90 minutes. What we do here is 90 minutes, and I believe this is not just, I, actually, I, I believe and I know that this is not just something we're just throwing together like, sure, let's just teach out of John this week. No, 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 this is where God is leading us. And so I want these 90 minutes to be something that you just so desire to be a part of and so desire to receive some, uh, something from and so desire to dig into the truth of God's word. And so when we get in here, if y'all could just commit, if you could just commit, I know for most of us, myself included, next week I'll go, what did I commit to? I don't remember. But if you could commit to going, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take 90 minutes, 90 minutes to receive on Wednesday night middle school, you have no idea how this is going to transform who you are by the time you graduate from high school. 
Okay? This is going to transform who you are. I believe it. Not anything that I'm going to say, not because of the words that come out of your small group leader's mouth, but because of the scripture that we study together. I believe that that's what's going to transform you. We talked about that all at Fuel. So we're going to dig into this tonight. Sorry, just a little opener, a little challenge. Um, I want to commit that to you. So one of the biggest things, um, Nate allowed y'all to have these out. I do not. Okay, so if you've got your cell phone, I want you to just tuck that away. Okay, tuck cell phones away. There it is. Yeah, there it is. I see you. Um, tuck the cell phones away. Okay. Um, it, hey, listen, a lot of times if you tuck them away in your pocket, you know what happens? Is It's got this little feature that well, that's vibrate. It vibrates on your leg, and you're like, oh, I got a text. Like, somebody texted me. Oh, Snapchat, Snapchat. So if you need to turn the thing off completely, turn it off completely, okay? If that helps, turn it off completely. If you need to put it under your chair, put it under your chair. If you need to give it to your small group leader, give it to your small group leader. If you need to put it on the stage, put it on the stage. Whatever you need to do, just get rid of that. If you're like, it's my Bible app, okay? No, it's not, okay? Um, listen, the Bible, all the scripture is on the screen. Emily already preloaded everything, so she's done the work for you, so cell phones can go away. It's about, re- it's, it, we gotta remove distractions because right now after school and everything, we just, we wanna be distracted. So cell phones away, put those away, cool? All right, let me pray for us, and we're gonna get going in I am the light of the world. Probably one of the most, probably the most familiar I am statement that we have heard. So let's pray. Father, thank you. um, Thank you for your word. And thank you for the transformation that your word brings. And I I just pray that for these middle school students right now. Um, I know that's hard to see where they're at. It's, It's hard to see that how will this book transform my life down the road. Father, I pray that they would Um, Just trust us as we teach and trust us as we dig into your word. And Father, I pray for for our time tonight. God, just teach, speak, let us learn something new, understand your scripture. And as we go to small groups, Father, help us to understand what it means in our lives when you say, I am the light of the world. Father, we love you and we pray these things in your name. Amen. All right. So tonight we're talking about I am the light of the world. I told Emily to make it a little extra dark in here. I'm going to light a candle. Um, you're probably not going to be able to see any notes. That's okay. Thank you, Eli. Don't fall asleep. I can see you. And the good thing is now I can see cell phones. So put your cell phone away. Gotcha. Okay. How do you like that? Tricked you. Just kidding. Okay. Um, oh, I can't even see anything. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to stay right here real close. Okay. So, hey, um, listen, I don't know about y'all. Uh, question real quick. Have you ever taken a game that was created to be played in the light and had this thought? A lot of times this is maybe more for guys. We kind of have this thought, but you have this game that's played in the light and all of a sudden you and your friends go, what if we played that in the dark? Have you ever had that? What was it? Hang on. What is it? Leapfrog in the dark. What was it? Hide and go seek in the dark. Like tag? Basketball in the dark. All right, listen. Let me share with, oh, we got one back there. What is it? Cops and robbers. Cops and robbers. All right, so listen. Listen. Now, I know y'all think I can't see you. I can still see you, okay? All right, so listen. Yeah, we, we do this sometimes. Specifically, specifically, guys, sometimes we have this bright idea. You know, we're not always the smartest uh, cookie in the jar. Uh, but we get this bright idea, like, man, 
What if we did this in the dark, bro? And, and, and it's not a good idea. It's really typically not a good idea. Like, um, yeah, we did that in our neighborhood. We played, uh, we played flashlight tag. You know, it's like, wait, tag would be so much better with a flashlight and you can't see anybody. We lost three kids in our neighborhood because of flashlight tag. Still can't find them. Okay, um, we... Uh, Here's another one that, that I've seen before. Me and my buddies one time, we were like doing a little slumber party. Or that sounds weird. Spend the night. Thanks, Thomas. Okay. Slumber party, guys. Okay. Um, and we were doing a slumber party. Oh, I mean, spend the night. And, um, and we, went, we went, dude, let's pillow fight. And so we started pillow fighting. And some guy was like, in the dark. And we were like, yes. So pitch black. Everybody has a pillow. And guys just running around like this, just swinging pillows. And like, there was this one kid that was a little bit bigger and he was just, I mean, like middle school boy, just, they were just flying all over the place, like hitting the wall, lamps breaking, incredible. Okay. So, so hang on, hang on. So we got pillow fights in the dark and the other one, uh, now I tried this, uh, when I was an adult, um, we play, we thought it would be a really good idea to take a glow in the dark Frisbee and play ultimate Frisbee. So, um, so a bunch of men on a men's retreat at a church that I was at, we're playing glow-in-the-dark ultimate Frisbee. And we thought, let's just hang um, like a, um, what is it? A glow stick around and like a necklace on all the guys and we'll be good, okay? So, um, so about halfway through the game, everything's going pretty good. Not really good. Wasn't really that fun. Um, but there's two guys, and as they're running, their glow sticks go behind them, okay? And these guys are both running at the Frisbee while it's hanging in the air, and just bam, faces and broken noses. Both guys go to the hospital, both guys have broken noses. It was a really bad scene, and after that, we were like, we should stop this. <laughs> We are too old for this. So, um, so I think a lot of times we have this idea that things might be better in the darkness. Man, if anything, this reminds me of something God's been teaching me this week. It reminds us that we desperately need light. Our world, listen, our world is filled with darkness, and it's easy to feel um, overwhelmed by the darkness uh, that's all around us. The things that y'all face, um, if I'm just being very honest with you guys, this, is a, um, this, this subject really hits home for me right now. Um, so uh, Janice and I, as y'all know, we've got Taylor in kindergarten, and um, it's been a really difficult two weeks. If you want to pray for us, we'd love that. It's been a really difficult two weeks. Um, our daughter has heard uh, and experienced more things in the last two weeks that we really didn't desire her to learn or hear or experience in kindergarten. And we're having a really tough time with it right now. But it just goes to show you, like, Janice and I, for five years, we feel like we were teaching Taylor about the light and being in the light and what it means to be surrounded by the light. And for the last couple months, as she's been in public school, um, it's been really hard. We feel like we, have, we are seeing the darkness all around her, and she is experiencing the darkness, and it's very, it's very difficult. Um, one of the things that Janice and I have to remember, and that you have to remember as well, 
The challenge is to remember that Christ's light has already been victorious. Christ's light has already been victorious. So the things that Taylor hears, the things that she experiences, the realization is Christ has, through his light, uncovered those things. He has uncovered and defeated those things. Um, so we're going to get in this, into this tonight. This is John 8, 12 through 20. 12 through 20. And hey, tonight I'm going to talk very little about um, what, is, what does he mean when he says, I am the light of the world, okay? We're going to talk very little about that. Um, we're going to talk very little about what he means by that. We're going to talk um, very little about what does that mean for you when he says that I am the light of the world, okay? I want to give you two things that we understand from this passage. So let's go John 8, 12 through 20. Let's re- let me read it for you. There we go. There's some light. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. The Pharisees replied, you're making those claims about yourself. Such testimony is not valid. Jesus told them, these claims are valid even though I make them about myself, for I know where I came from and where I'm going, but you don't know this about me. You judge me by human standards, but I do not judge anyone. And if I did, my judgment would be correct in every respect because I am not alone. The Father who sent me is with me. goes on to say, your own law says that if two people agree about something, their witness is accepted as fact. I am one witness, and my Father who sent me is the other. Where is your Father, they asked. Jesus answered, since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my Father is. If you knew me, you would also know my Father. Jesus made these statements while he was teaching in the section of the temple known as the treasury, but he was not arrested because the time had not yet come. So let's talk about this a little bit. We're going to look at two key elements of this passage. Jesus claims to be the light of the world. And groups, y'all are going to talk about what does this mean for you in a little bit, okay? So I want to talk about two key pieces here that, that we don't really get from this passage. You have to kind of see the context of the scripture, So I want first to talk about this. I want us to understand the timing of when he says, I'm the light of the world. Everybody still awake? Good. Raise your hand if you're awake. Okay, good. Um, Let me help you understand the timing of this because the timing of the I am the light of the world is weighty, is as weighty as the statement itself. So in chapter seven, here's what we read. We read that Jesus and his disciples have just attended the feast of the tabernacles. Let me tell you what the feast of the tabernacles is, okay? Just before this, Jesus and his disciples were at this big celebration. It was like this huge party where they commemorated and celebrated God's faithfulness and the things that he did in uh, Exodus 3 with Moses, middle school. A lot of y'all know what we're talking about here because we've been talking about it on Sunday mornings. And so, um, so they are celebrating what God did, specifically when he brought, through Moses, he brought the, uh, uh, the, the people out of Egypt and into the promised land. And so this celebration, the Feast of the Tabernacles, is to celebrate that. How amazing. They're going to celebrate God's faithfulness. Okay? And so one of the ways they did that is they had a ceremony where they used water. And what that was is when, when God provided uh, that in the, uh, in the desert, they celebrate that. The other thing they celebrate is they light lamps, probably brighter than this, they light lamps, And they would dance, this may sound a little weird, 
uh, but they would dance around them in celebration of what God did when he led them out of Egypt and into the promised land. Do you remember what it says? In Exodus 3, 13, it talks about, it talks about how God sent a pillar of fire to guide them through the night into the promised land. And so they would light lamps and celebrate, God, we are just so thankful for your faithfulness. We're going to celebrate who you are and dance around, around the light because you gave us light to move our people into the promised land. And they would celebrate that. So I want you to think about this, all right? Lamps were lit at this festival to celebrate. And as the glow of the celebration came to an end, think about this, end of the week, end of the celebration, the lamps get blown out, okay? The lamps get blown out. The light is gone and Jesus steps up and he makes this claim and says, I am the light of the world. So let me ask you all this. Why is this a bold statement for Jesus to make? Say it again. Okay, he might get arrested for it. What else? What you got, Eli? It would bring, it would bring some, it would push some people further away because he's saying that he is someone that's everything. Okay, yep, of what they're celebrating. What you think, Nick? He's basically saying, I am. Yep, he's saying, I am. Again, he's calling himself God. What, okay, what you got, Emma? I think that's Emma. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's a, it's a, yeah, it's a bold statement. That's what we talked about the first week. It's a very bold statement. So um, here's what I want you to see. Why is this? A bold statement to say, I am the light of the world coming off this. Listen, if you think about the people who are celebrating this, this is the most devout um, God followers that there were. They were coming to celebrate because they believed in, every, in, in, in this. They believed in scripture and what God had done. And so they're coming to celebrate. And Jesus is saying, hey, I know that you're celebrating that light, but I want you to know that I am the light of the world. I am the light that you need to follow. This is, a, this is a bold statement. This is an incredibly bold statement. People were not happy, as we saw in Scripture, how that turned out. It would be like this, and this is a terrible example, okay? I say that oftentimes because there's very few examples that I can come up with uh, in my limited knowledge that compare to this, but I just thought about, like, I just thought about, um, Y'all don't watch golf either, so that doesn't matter. But the Masters is like one of the most prestigious tournaments. And I thought about like at the completion of the Masters, when one of the golfers rises victorious and has the best rounds of the weekend, and he is victorious over everybody, and wow, he's such an amazing golfer, and everybody's holding this guy in high esteem, and they're celebrating him and what he's done. And some guy from the crowd steps up, stands on something, and goes, hey, hey, I'm the best golfer, okay? Follow me. You want to you see what I can do, okay? This is, everybody would be like, boo, you know, throwing uh, their uh, pimento cheese sandwiches because that's what you eat um, at him. This would be a crazy claim. So I want you to see this. So students, listen. One of the first things is this. This is an absurd claim because of the timing, it's not just what he said, it's when he said it. It's when he said it. He said it at the 
we would look at it and go, at the worst time, like, what are you thinking? But it was absolutely the perfect time to say it, to get people to understand who he was. The second part is this. I want us to understand this claim, okay? I'm not going to read this whole passage of Scripture because I think we kind of understand, and I want to make sure you all get time in groups. Um, But this is the um, right before he claims this, okay? He comes out of the the, um, festival of the tabernacle. He comes out. And right as he comes out, he is standing there, and, um, and the, uh, these guards bring, or, uh, they bring this woman to him who has been caught in an incredible act of sin, who is probably in the darkest place of her life, probably in the darkest sinful place of her life, and she is being dragged to Jesus by these people who want to test Jesus. And so they bring her to him, they lay her at Jesus' feet and say, it is wrong in the law, what are you going to do to her? And what does Jesus say? What does Jesus say? Do y'all remember this story? Somebody back there? That's right. So Jesus says, when they say, hey Jesus, what are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about this? This one who was caught in extreme darkness. Jesus, what are you going to do? And Jesus says, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. This incredible statement that basically stops these people in their feet. As 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 they're grabbing rocks to throw, they put the rocks down and they leave. Because they know that, that they, are not, um, they are not free of this. I, our girls kind of struggle with this. Um, our daughters, our oldest has started. I know I talk about my girls a lot, but that's okay. I love them. Um, so Taylor has started to do this. She'll come up and she'll be like, Mom, Allie pushed me. Allie pushed me. Yeah. And so, hang on. Shh. And so we'll be like, I mean, what do you think we do? Do you think we're like, Allie, spanking? No. The first thing, the first place that our mind goes is, do you know, Nate? That's it, okay? This is where my mind goes, this is where, shh, shh, shh. this is where our minds go first. Our minds go to, well, so what'd you do? And she goes, well, I was just playing. I'm like, oh, no, okay. You are guilty too, okay? So, um, so we kind of, again, very different example than what is happening here. But you can kind of see these people go, okay, I'm sorry, you're right. And they walk off. And then Jesus says the amazing words where he says, now go, uh, who condemns you? Um, and no one's left. And he says, now go and sin no more. And listen, right after he says this to her, go and sin no more, then Jesus says, I am the light of the world. All right, now think about this. Think about this. This woman who is caught in the darkest time of her life, and Jesus, Jesus, the light of the world, tells her, you are free, step out of darkness, and experience the light. Jesus says, step out of darkness and experience the light. Man, I, listen, the story stops. What I, what I don't like about this is the story stops. Like, I want to know what happened to her. 
I want to know how her life changed when she went from the deepest, deepest darkness to the most freeing light when she experienced Jesus and he said to her, now go and sin no more. Now, I don't think things were perfect. I don't think that she was like amazing, amazing person. But I've got to think that when you experience the light like that, something, something, something changes. So the craziest thing about, um, about this and what I want you all to talk about in your groups, when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, the craziest thing about this is this is the only I am statement that he sends to us as well. Okay, Remember last week, Nate talked about the bread of life. I'm the bread of life. Nowhere in scripture does it say, you are the bread of life. Why? Because you are not the satisfaction for someone else. Okay, You are not the satisfaction for someone else. But in Matthew 5, it says, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. So the only one of the I am statements where Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and you are the light of the world. That is incredibly important, and I'm going to let you dig into that in your small groups, that you are called the light of the world. All right, I'm going to ask Emily, if she's back there, to turn on the lights. Um, All of them, Emily, if you could turn them all the way up. Um, All of them, yeah, okay? All right. So listen, so listen, that was actually kind of funny. I hadn't even planned on that, but that's pretty good. Now listen, y'all listen, when you are in darkness, when you are in darkness, spiritually, spiritual darkness, not the darkness that we were just in, spiritual darkness, and you experience light for the first time, it can be very difficult or very scary to bring something in your life that is that you are maybe living in darkness and you bring it into the light, that can be very difficult, very painful, very hard, okay? But that is what he calls us to. As we walk in the light, I'm going to close here, as we walk in the light, the darkness of sin becomes less attractive. Think about that. As you walk in the light, the darkness of sin becomes less attractive attractive. Following and believing in Jesus brings satisfaction, which is what we talked about last week. Our tastes begin to change to where when we go, hey, uh, whoa, maybe ultimate Frisbee in the dark would be awesome. And then you've had enough of it when two guys break their noses and you go, I'm done. The light, ultimate Frisbee in the light seems way more appealing than what just happened there. So, um, our tastes begin to change, and with change comes a desire to obey and follow Christ, and obedience flows from a heart that has flipped the switch. Obedience comes from a heart that has been changed from light to dark. Let me pray for us. We'll move to small groups. Father, thanks for this time. Thanks for um, the opportunity to study your word, um, to try and understand what it is that you meant when you said, I am the light of the world. And, and what you meant when you said, we are the light of the world. What does that mean for us? You've kind of put that one back on us. Um, so, Father, I pray for our small groups, for our leaders. God, I'm grateful for our leaders and for the way you use them. We pray, Father, that you would be glorified tonight. It's in your name we pray. Amen.